What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, and this is Request Part 34. Apologies, we didn't have an episode last Wednesday, but we're back at it this week. We got two request episodes and then an interview episode on Friday. Once again, we are going all over the country. Uh, as of right now, we have pretty much finished up all of our senior requests, so we're going to be focusing on juniors uh, for this upcoming season. And, you know, players you really want to look out for, not only in Colorado, but all over the country. And really, in this episode, we're going all over the country, covering prospects from all different parts and all of that stuff. So it'll be a good one. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it. So right here, we got Andrew Martinez, the quarterback from Eastwood High School in El Paso, Texas. He is six foot, 155 pounds, and like I said, he is a junior, so class of 22. Uh, he was requested by our boy, Darian Diaz. He's a freshman over there, actually. And when I interviewed him, he did say that Andrew Martinez was a big mentor to him and was a big part of his development as a quarterback and will continue to be moving forward. And so um, he also said that Andrew has a lot of potential moving forward. And, you know, he's a name to look out for because he's not as recruited as he should be, in my opinion. In my opinion, he's at least a two or three star type of guy. You know, he has been starting since his sophomore year of high school and you know what he's been improving and getting better every single year and has proved that he is a solid starter on the high school level and can be the same thing if not better on the college level so let's go ahead and hop into the things that I really love about Andrew Martinez's game here Number one, you know, he's just a very good athlete with very good speed. He's a threat on the ground. Um, he's somebody that you have to put a spy on or he can gash you for a good number of yards time and time again if you give him the opening. And so if I'm a defensive coordinator or defensive player, I look at Andrew and I'm like, all right, you know what? I can't let this dude beat me on the ground because to be honest with you, he could probably do just as much damage on the ground as through the air and that's dangerous that's very dangerous and you got to keep an eye on it just to throw out a couple numbers here some numbers that i was able to find on his twitter and on his huddle and you know by the way if you are a up-and-coming prospect listening to this these are probably numbers you, you should include on your profile as well because they are very helpful and they tell a pretty good story here so for his 40-yard dash, he runs just about a 4-5-4-4-8 you know i've seen that very here and there but Either way, he is listed at a 4-5 for his 40-yard dash, and that's very believable. You could see the explosiveness on film. Um, he does run track as well, which is a good thing because low-key, he could probably do track for his school as well and get a scholarship there potentially, but we'll see. But his 100-meter dash um, clocked out at around 12 seconds, which is very solid. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You know, and you got to keep in mind, he is just a junior, so there are going to be improvements moving forward. And then his 400 meter dash now this is the one that's really interesting but it's at 52.5 seconds not bad at all um you know 400 meter dashes it doesn't exactly measure like raw speed i would say but it measures how well he can maintain that speed um you know over a kind of a longer period of time so it's never a bad thing to include your 400 meter dash if you do run that as a quarterback or as an athlete because it shows uh, your stamina more than anything so either way 
you know, fantastic numbers there. He's a threat on the ground. He's somebody you have to keep an eye on, or he will gash you when he wants to. You never know. Um, along with that, you know, just while we're talking about that, he does have really good agility, uh, and honestly, you know, he could escape out of very tough situations when the pocket collapses, you know, he does a good job, uh, moving around the pocket, manipulating it, and then just rolling out and escaping pressure, you know, he's just very good at that, so gotta keep that in mind that's definitely a strength of his uh, another thing you know he has had some pretty solid passing stats the last two years has shown some improvement so his sophomore year when he first started he w had a touchdown to interception ratio of 17 to 4 so 17 touchdowns four interceptions then averaged about 207.1 passing yards a game which is very solid for a sophomore Going off of stats alone, which if you've listened to this podcast, I really don't do that as much, I would say. But just going off of that, that shows that he's been a solid starter. You know, minimal mistakes, but very efficient. And, you know, that's what you love to see. The next year, so this last year in the COVID season that he played his junior year, um, you know, he, he went up a little bit. I had a little bit more production, but... Uh, I would say the turnovers kind of match that. So he had a touchdown to interception ratio of 21 to 8, which is, you know, four more touchdowns, four more interceptions, give or take. That's not, it's not a bad thing, you know. Double digit interceptions would be a bad thing, I would say. But, you know, this is about the same ratio when you pare it down. So there you go. Uh, but the biggest difference here, the thing that I feel like really separated him from his sophomore to junior year was that his passing yards per game went up to 294.5 passing yards per game so almost 300 yards a game which is very good you know uh in a covid year i always say this it's tough to put up production do your work and all that and so really the progressions of a lot of players when they go from sophomore to junior year or from whatever, from last year to this year, from last year to a COVID year, uh, it's really up to them, right? They don't have access to as many resources, don't have access to their teammates as much as they probably would on normal years. And so when you see that kind of production, that kind of progression, it's a good thing because it means that they're putting in the work on their own. And when they are on their own, they take advantage of that opportunity. So you know, good things to see here. Uh, other things, strengths in his game is that he just does a good job of keeping his eyes downfield and is a very good improviser when the pocket collapses. And you know, that's a little bit of a underrated trait in quarterbacks. You know, you got some quarterbacks that are so straight edge that when things start going wrong, they don't know how to respond. Or when they do respond, it's always more of the safe decision rather than the right decision. And that could be a little hard to coach up, I'll be honest. But, you know, what I mean by that is that, you know, some quarterbacks will, you know, they'll either throw the ball away, take the sack, or, you know, take a minimal game, maybe like a five-yard dump off, right? That's the safe decision, I would say. The right decision is keeping all those things in mind, but having the mindset that, look, I could still make a good or big play out of this mess. I could still do that. And Andrew Martinez does exactly that. Like I said, you have the running ability there. He's a threat to take off most of the time. Um, you know, there really aren't many defenders who could keep him contained and, you know, stay on pace with him because he's just so fast and elusive, you know. He's tough to keep up with. So there you go. So the running threat is already there. 
But like I said, he's a good improviser. So that also means he could throw the ball off the run um, and downfield. And he does that by keeping his eyes downfield. And, you know, even while he's scrambling around and things are going crazy, he keeps his eyes downfield. He stays disciplined, tries to find the receiver and direct them into open space and make a big play. I think one of his most impressive plays that I actually saw on Twitter was, you know, the pocket was collapsing. He eventually squeezes out of there, rolls out, rolls out of the pocket. I want to say to his left and then just throws an absolute bomb downfield. It was like a 40 or 50 yard uh, reception. It was crazy. But, you know, those are things that are very hard to teach. And for him to have the creative ability and just overall athleticism to do that, is a very good thing because like I said that's tough to coach you can't exactly teach that without I, I don't know without messing around for a while or without really working on it and even then there's no guarantees so outside of that you know um, I feel like these three things that I just talked about his athleticism the progression you know him being a hard worker um, his improvisation skills are the things that really stand him out as a quarterback not just in Texas which you know, it's Texas, so you got talent everywhere. But in the country, there are not a lot of players uh, anywhere that can do some of these things as naturally as he does. So that's good. Uh, last couple things here, just wanted to include. Does throw a good number of routes, so he doesn't throw a basic number of routes uh, and all that. He throws a good variety. They kind of run a little bit of the spread over there. So that's a good thing. He can make those kind of throws all over the field. For the most part, he is relatively accurate. Um, you know, has good timing on his throws and whatnot. That's something I saw for the most part, so that's a good thing. And then lastly here, makes very good decisions, you know, whether it's um, in the pocket or outside the pocket or whether he's improvising or going with the play. He just makes good decisions, and he does flash the ability to go through his progressions. I don't know about a consistent basis because I haven't watched every single game, but he has shown that he can be better than most, so that's a good thing. Alright, so I'm going to talk about some things he could improve on, slash uh, maybe some concerns. So number one, probably my biggest concern is that he just kind of has a very elongated throwing motion. He brings the ball almost all the way back. It has a very long windup. Kind of gives me a little bit of Tim Tebow vibes uh, with this throwing motion to a degree. Uh, it's not the worst. It's just a little slow. You know, I think that's my biggest concern there. It's just a little slow. I had the same, I guess, knock on Luke McAllister here. He was the number one rated quarterback in Colorado. Um, according to us, you know, he had a, he had a very long windup and all that, or a longer windup. And, you know, it showed in the state championship game. He got strip sacked and, you know, he just wasn't on his timing. And so when you have a long motion like that, you have to be on your timing, you know. You have to be a little bit quicker, but... Andrew, he does have one more year, and so if there's any possibility that his release or throwing motion could be a little bit faster, um, you know, I'd take it. I'd work on that and try to improve on that because it is just a little bit slow, and it is kind of a windup. Like I said, there are quarterbacks who, you know, have a windup all the way through college in the NFL, and that's not a bad thing, but that's just in my opinion that's just uh, his biggest his biggest weakness right now you know i could see that definitely being a problem um you know down the road so we'll see about that it could also not be a problem and he just has great timing and knows his surroundings very well and it's it's all good but there you go uh next thing 
he is a little light, you know, six foot, 155, more or less. In my opinion, if he could get to 170, I could feel really good about it. You know, if he can't get to 170 and he sticks at 165, but that's his playing weight, I could live with that too. But altogether, I just feel like he is a little light for his frame. You know, he is six foot. Um, maybe if he was a little shorter, I could like kind of give him a pass there because he'd have a bit more of a stockier build. But he's six foot 155. I want him to get you know, a little bit bigger, and, you know, another reason for that is that his throwing arm, it's not bad, it's all right, I would say it's about average to above average, I would say that he doesn't have a naturally strong arm, like, I feel like there's definitely a, you know, case for Darian Diaz, his uh, backup, his freshman, um, or the freshman on the team, to have more of a naturally stronger arm than uh, Andrew Martinez here, which is fine, but all that just all that means for Andrew is that I like to see him, you know, work on that arm power. And look, people have their limits, you know, different athletes have different limits here and there. Um, I would say that where Darian Diaz makes up for his lack of, like, speed and agility, uh, he has a great arm power, and Andrew, you know, he doesn't have as great an arm power, but he's definitely more athletic from a running standpoint. So, you know, give or take, you could run with both, honestly, and be fine uh, for the most part. They're both exceptional quarterbacks, so there you go. But anyways, back to arm power, you know... Um, I think he could get a little bit stronger there. That could help out his uh, arm power uh, so that he could zip the ball a little bit better, you know, squeeze it into tighter spots. Because um, there were some times on film where he just, I mean, I know he's either rolling out or whatever, but there were kind of a bit of times where he just underthrew some deep balls. And, you know, he got lucky that the corner was not like. I don't know, they just weren't playing the ball as great as they could because some of those deep balls should have been interceptions. So i just like to see him work on that arm strength. Um, and then, you know, his mechanics too. This kind of, I guess, goes into just his throwing motion altogether. I think he could work on his mechanics, get a little bit more juice out of his arm uh, there. So that's just working on your base, making sure you're using your body and all that and not just your arm. So those are some things I'd like to see. Lastly here... Um, this isn't the biggest weakness, I would say, but, you know, love that he's a passer, you know, he made improvements from his passing game, um, year by year, but his rushing game, I feel like could be key, his running game can be key to the success of this ESO team, and maybe it's just how they've designed it and whatnot, and Andrew has become a little bit more disciplined, but I would like to see him use his legs a little bit more. You know, don't be hesitant to just, you know, tuck and run because he can get a lot of yards and gash defenses. Um, from a stat perspective, you know, his sophomore year, he had 451 rushing yards, five touchdowns. And then, you know, he went on to this next year, had only 129 rushing yards and no touchdowns. Now, I'm not going to spin the narrative or anything like that. That's why you got to actually watch film and not just look at stats. But this could mean one or two, one of two things. Uh, like I said, number one, he's just getting more disciplined, relying on his arm more. That's great. That's a little bit more of a pro-style college quarterback type of deal. Can't get mad at that. Number two, you know, maybe he's a little bit more hesitant, right? Maybe he wants to protect his body a little bit more, be more of a pocket passer. And um, he's just, I don't know, he's just not taking advantage of some of those running lanes or opportunities. So, 
there you go. And like I said, it could be a number of things. I'm not going to, you know, spin what narrative it is. I'm just going to present it as is. But either way, I would like to see him run the ball a little bit more. In the red zone, I'm just going to be honest, in the red zone, there's no reason for him to not run it in if the pass isn't there. If he's in the red zone, he should score each time, whether it's a passing play or a running play. That's just how it is. Just going to throw that out there, you know. No shame at using your legs. I know some some quarterback coaches are like, no, keep your eyes downfield, and that's a good thing. You know, that's good coaching. That's discipline. Just keep that in mind. That's discipline. It's not bad coaching. But if you have the running ability that Andrew does, if you're in the red zone, this is what I need to see. You got to score, and that's it. So there you go. Take it as you will. Either way, he's a very good prospect. You know, he's somebody that... You know, a li- he's a little raw, right? I kind of want to see him have a breakout season because that would really help him out. But in my honest opinion, if he gains a little bit more weight, you know, has a better season than his junior year, you know, I think he can go D1. I have no problem saying that at all. Um, either Power 5 or FCS. I could see either. It just kind of depends how it all, you know, rolls out after the offseason how much work he's been putting in how the season goes uh all of that great stuff but i really do think you know if he plays his cards right he could easily be a d1 guy he has the athleticism for it he has some really good habits you know they've done a very good job over at eastwood coaching him up so i gotta give the coaching staff credit there um because you know there are some athletes they or some coaches that put their best athletes at quarterback and you could tell that they're still an athlete not really a quarterback. Um, shout out to Rampart High School and Kale Cormani. Kale should be a little bit more developed. But Andrew is a lot more developed than him, I would say. And, you know, he uses athleticism really well. So we'll just have to see. Super excited for that program. Super excited to keep an eye out for Andrew Martinez here this next season. Best of luck to him. And obviously, if he wants to, he can come onto the podcast. So there you go. Coming up next, uh, we're going to go to the defensive side of the ball and go to Kansas. All right. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast right here. We're on the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to talk about Corey Akins, the cornerback from Derby High School in Kansas. He's a 6'2", 180-pound cornerback slash safety, uh, currently a junior. In the class of 22. As of right now, he has had some looks from a couple D1s, including TCU. So that's just something to keep in mind. So let me go ahead and talk about a lot of the things that I like about Corey. The things that make him the number one corner in Kansas and one of the best in the country. Number one, um, this is probably his biggest strength, but you know, he's just a very tall, long corner with very good rangy speed. For somebody at 6'2", 180, he does a good job covering, um, just being a good cover corner and, you know, being good against deep balls. He's the type of corner that is great against deep balls and honestly could be a weapon in the red zone if used correctly by the right coach. He's somebody who could potentially be a problem and someone that just goes one-on-one with whatever receiver you have in the red zone. And, you know, those are weapons that don't come every day. Those are players that really don't come every day, you know. And so to have somebody at that height at 6'2", is is rare you know for someone to be that tall and be able to keep up with these receivers but still be a tall guy and so that's probably his biggest strength the thing that really makes him 
you know, a D1 type of guy. Uh, another thing that makes him a D1 guy is that he just breaks to the ball very well, does a good job of getting his hands in there. Um, you know, that's you could attribute that to his long arms, wingspan. That benefits him a lot. And honestly, he just consistently gets in position to either break up the pass or intercept it. He does a very good job at getting in that position, has good spatial awareness there. You love to see that. Um, other things that I really like as well may not be the staple of his game, but are definitely part of his game is that he's tough against the run. He's not afraid to get in there and make good tackles, make big hits. You know, at 6'2", 180, he is a little lanky, I would say, maybe a little bit. I don't know if that's exactly his playing weight. But either way, he's not afraid to get in there and make some contact. You know, he's not a guy who's afraid of that at all. And you love to see a well-rounded corner. You always do. You really do. Then last but not least here, just looking at my notes, um, he has good agility, quickness, could stop on a dime. Like I said, he's athletic, rangy. Um, he he has a lot of potential there that usually translates pretty well onto that next level. That being said, let's go ahead and talk about some things that I want to see him work on this next season uh, and things that could really take him to the next level if he works on it. So number one, probably my biggest concern, the thing that I need to see him work on is that he needs to have more turnovers. There were a lot of drops on his film and, you know, there were a lot of interceptions that he made with his body. You know, he caught with his body and not his hands and that needs to change because the thing is, He's pretty exceptional at getting into position to break up the pass or intercept it. You know, there's no doubt about that. It really comes down to finishing the play. And if you're going to be an elite corner or one of the best in the country, which I feel like he really can be one of the best, you got to make the quarterback pay. If that fool throws it your way, you got to intercept it. You got to turn it over. That should not, I first off, it shouldn't be a complete pass, so don't get me wrong. You're still doing some good things there, but you got to make him pay for even thinking about throwing it your way. That's kind of the mentality that I love my corners having, and that's something that I want him to have. And I feel like he does. You just got to finish it. You know, you just got to catch the ball with your hands and, you know, finish the play. And honestly, you know, the thing he just needs to work on is just his hands and focus on catching from different angles, making contested catches. Like, he just needs to work on those catches, you know, one-on-one, right? If he throws it up, the quarterback throws it up there, you know, he needs to come down with it because he does have, I believe, at least a 30-inch vertical too. So there you go. And so that's something that could really take him to the next level. You know, he could get offers from anywhere if he just becomes an interception machine and, you know, shuts down whoever. Whenever they throw the ball to him, you know, he, he gets it, right? And so that could really take his, uh, take his game to the next level there, in my opinion. Uh, another thing, these next two really aren't as important. I think if he could become more of a turnover machine, this would really take his game to the next level. But these are other things I'd like him, you know, I'd like to see. But number one, or number two, I guess, I'd like to see him put on a little bit more weight. Like I said, don't know if I believe the 179 or 180, but if he could get to the 180, 190-pound um, playing weight range, I think he'd be in a very good position, not just for high school, but for college you know, I mean, it's hard to argue with a 6'2", 180, 190-pound corner. Those are, you know, I've seen corners like that make it into the NFL. So if you could get to that range and be comfortable there, still have his speed, agility, explosiveness, all that great stuff, um, I like where he's at. I really do. So we'll just have to see about that. Then last but not least, um, 
I feel like he has done some of this stuff, you know, maybe in flag football or uh, maybe in game. I just didn't see it as much, but I'd really like to see him work on his bump and run game. I'm not sure what his recovery speed is exactly like, but you know, with someone with that height, length, the wingspan, all that stuff, I'd love to see him just jam receivers at the line. Be physical, you know, be tough on him, really give them trouble, and then, you know, go and go and uh, recover and make a play, you know. I want to see him really be a little bit more physical here. That's kind of where the weight comes in and, um, you know, perform because I feel like, you know, he's a good cover corner. He does his job well in man and zone there. You know, I don't have many doubts about that, but I think as a defensive coordinator or even just as a coach in general in myself who's more defensive-minded, I like my corners, you know, being able to jam and be physical up front, you know, giving those receivers a lot of trouble. That way the pass rush has some time to get there. And, you know, maybe you could even rattle that receiver and get in their head. And then from there, it's over, you know, if uh, you're in his head and whatnot, just by being physical. Uh, oh, Not overly physical. Like I said, you don't want a bunch of, you know, penalties and whatnot. But just enough to let him know, like, hey, I'm better than you, and you can't get past me because I'm better than you. <laughs> so there you go. These are all things I could see him doing. You know, I think the drops, that's not the worst thing. Uh, but don't get it twisted. You need to work on it almost every day to get into that habit. So that's more of a habit. Um, bump and runs. For all I know, he could be doing that. So I'm not as worried. Just making sure, you know, get leverage. You make sure you get the receiver to the spot you want them to be and not let them wiggle their way out of it through uh, releases and whatnot, which, you know, he just needs to study and get experience against. So there you go. But all together, I think Corey Aiken here, um, or sorry, Corey Aikens here is very much a D1 type of guy. Um, at the least, I could see maybe high-end D2, uh, FCS D1, but I think he's somebody who can be really good on the next level, has a lot of those tools like the athleticism, the height, weight, all that great stuff. But you could always get better, and I think that's what he needs to keep an eye on. He is a junior, class of 22, so he has one more year, and I'm very excited for him uh, going into his senior year. So there you go. Coming up next, we're going to go back to the East Coast, but stay on the defensive side of the ball. Coming up next. All right, welcome back. So right here, we got Sanquavius. Uh, I want to say also Brooks. He is a free safety from Griffin, Georgia. He goes to Spalding High School. He is six foot one seventy, and he is in the class of twenty two. Um, not sure if he has had some offers yet, but I believe he has had some looks at least. So there you go. But you know, let me go ahead and talk about why Sanquavius here will probably be one of the best safeties in the country, if not at least the state of Georgia. So number one, um, first off, versatility. He's a fantastic returner. Uh, just looking at his reel, he has a lot of juice on him, and honestly, he has some potential as an offensive player too. I don't know, I don't know how many D ones will be like, yeah, I'm gonna try to convert him to receiver or something else or whatnot. But I could definitely see some lower end D ones, FCS or D two schools. I look at that and be like, oh, love the versatility. He's for sure gonna be a return for us, but maybe even we could get him some offensive snaps if he's not on defense. Maybe, but we'll see. But either way, that's good. Versatility is always good. We preach that here on the podcast. The other thing I really like about Sanquavius here is that he just has great speed, agility, and strength. He's an athlete. At six foot 170, he's just a straight athlete. 
101, I didn't see a lot of man-to-man matchups, but he did show that he can win those 101 matchups in the past game because he just has all that athleticism. And then in the run game, he's just very tough. You know, there are multiple times on his reels where he just takes on blockers as in linemen or tight ends straight up and just straight up like blast them into oblivion. You know, he knocks them on their butt straight up because he's just a tough, hard hitter. And, you know, that being said, in general, he's just a brutal hitter and enforcer. He's the type of guy that you love to have back there because with the speed and agility, all that great stuff, he's going to make pass catchers pay along with anybody who has the ball, really, because he'll come up and make that tackle, too. You know, he plays much bigger and stronger than six foot 170, but he's still pretty fast and, you know, agile as well. So, you know, being a great athlete, obviously, that pays off. There's not a lot more I could say about that. You know, he's as explosive as he could probably get. And, you know, it's D1 athleticism, in my opinion. So, there you go other thing I really like you know these three things probably all go hand in hand if I'm being completely honest but he's just a very smart football player you know you could literally see it on film um, that he diagnoses plays and he puts himself in position to make a big play you know people all the times where he sees the quarterback throw the ball uh, to multiple different routes and he just blows up those routes he doesn't allow it to be completed or he gets a hand on there or he tries to intercept it like he's there um, you could see it time and time again, you know, he'll come down from his zone spot, whether it's cover two, cover three, whatever, and he'll go ahead and make a play because he saw, you could tell he saw it coming right before. And so having that IQ and, you know, just in general, obviously he's probably done his film work as well. That's always a good thing. Having high IQ players who are athletic, that's never a bad combination. So there you go. See that a lot. He's a very smart football player. Last but not least, he has good hands, has shown the ability to be a ball hawk. Um, don't throw it to him a lot. You know, they the quarterback doesn't throw it his way a lot, I would say. Um, it's most most of the time it's Sanquavius having to make a read and then coming up and, you know, getting somebody that's not his man per se. But altogether has shown to have pretty solid hands, you know. There's a play where um, the quarterback threw the ball to an open guy. Sanquavius was in position. You know, he was about to light him up, but the receiver just dropped it tipped up in the air Sincravius got it and brought it back a good 20 or 30 yards before getting finally taken down so there you go altogether he's a very good prospect you know it's rare that you come across safeties that have it all athleticism they're tough hard hitters IQ hands even hands you know he's he's very good there um the only two things that I really maybe have some actual concern about um, this is tackling. I think he could be a little bit more consistent. I'd like to see him wrap up a little bit more and take the right angle. There are a couple of times where he just doesn't like you could see that he knows where the ball is going to go, but he just doesn't take a good angle. I want to say he just it could be better. You know, it could just be better. I'm just going to say that. And, you know, make sure you wrap up. Um, he is a hard hitter. So there are times where he just neglects wrapping up and tries to go for a you know, for a big hit, or he doesn't take the right angle, so it's like a shoelace tackle, and he's holding on to life, and so, you know, tackling just needs to be more consistent, there's definitely a world world where, you know, some players could break those tackles, uh, even though he's strong and tough, like I've been saying, so, there you go, just gotta clean that up, another thing, like I said, it's not as big, but would like to see a couple more turnovers, you know, fumbles, interceptions, you know, there are times where, I just would have loved to see a turnover 
you know, and I bet those are game changing. Those are always game changing, first off. But you know, those would be big time. And so, honestly, you know, stat padding. Well, I shouldn't say stat padding, but you know, having good turnover stats. That's never a bad thing when it comes to recruitment. So, um, more turnovers. That's not. That's never a bad thing. Would love to see a little bit more. Whether it's um, interceptions or fumbles. Not gonna lie, I was a little bit surprised he didn't have more uh, forced fumbles on his thing, but. You know, I guess it is what it is. So if he was to improve those numbers, he'd be in a very good spot. Altogether, I feel like he's a D1 guy. Like, everything in me is looking at him, watching his film, and I'm like, man, it's a D1 guy, right? Maybe an, even, maybe an NFL guy, potentially. But I feel like he just hasn't had some of that recognition as of right now. So there are some things he needs to work on. Um... You know, but he'll get better. I think having another year under his belt, having a good senior year would do him some good. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, Man-to-man. We'd love to see a lot more of that. If he could show that he could lock up man-to-man and potentially play some corner as well, that would do him a whole more lot of good. So we'll see. Be on the lookout for Sinquavius, though. Um, Like I said, out of Griffin, Georgia, he's going to do his thing. And I really do think he could potentially be a D1 type of talent. But, you know, we'll see. Coming up next, we're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball, but go to Texas. Coming up next. All right, welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast right here. We're going to talk about our last player on this list, and that is Braylon Jones, the six foot, 205-pound linebacker from Spring High School, Texas. In Spring, Texas, uh, he is a junior, class of 22, so he will be entering his senior year. So, let me go ahead and, like I, like I have been doing with uh, these past couple players, talk about the positives first, the things that really make up Braylon Jones's brand of football. So, number one, he could be a very physical player. Time after time again, he finishes his tackles pretty well, and if he has a clean shot on them, he's going to lay a good licking on him. For sure, and so you love to see that out of your linebacker, a guy who can be a forcer, a tone setter, all that stuff. You know, there were a couple of times where he just had some very good hits um, and just, you know, showed showed off his strength a little bit. So that's what you love to see. Another thing that I really love to see is that he has solid agility and lateral quickness. You know, he's a solid sideline to sideline guy. You know, he doesn't have super stiff hips or anything. You know, he moves pretty well out there, and that's what you love to see there. Um, Maybe not the fastest top-end speed guy, but, you know, usually with that agility, you can make that work, right? And, you know, he has exceptional agility and quickness there. So that's what you, um, that's, you know, that's something you got, and you could work with that for sure. Another thing that I like is that he has some potential. He has showed a lot of potential, actually, in pass coverage, mostly zone. Shows good discipline there. You know, you could see him reading the quarterback size, and he did put himself in some positions to, uh, you know, stop the play from happening or disrupt it. And so, you know, you love to see that versatility there. Never a bad thing. So, there you go. And last but not least, this is probably the biggest part of his brand of football, but he's always flowing to the ball. Rare that you see him lazy or, you know, not giving it his all every play, but he's always there. He has a good motor. There are really good habits there. And, you know, you could never go wrong with a linebacker who is rangy, could get out there. You know, he's always flowing to the ball and he will finish off tackles and, you know, be another body out there for sure. So you love to see that, you know, really has a never say never kind of attitude and, you know, as a defensive guy, you can rock with that. As a defensive coach, you can for sure rock with that. 
All of these things make him into a solid football player for spring high school and all that. Um, look, moving forward, I am not going to go ahead and predict and say that I know where his talent is at. But if I really had to, I would say he's probably more of a D2, D3 guy right now. And you know what? Here's why. Number one. He could do a lot better block shedding and pass rushing. There are times where he just gets caught up and, you know, he struggles and he's not the strongest guy. Like, I mean, look, for you to be a linebacker and have freakish, you know, strength anyways and uh, knock over and move linemen wherever you want, that's, you know, maybe one in a million, right? Maybe, maybe even more, right? One in a billion even. So as a linebacker, you have to have good block shedding and pass rushing, you know, use your hands, get separation, get leverage, you know, have a couple more moves in space and all that. You got to be, you got to be proficient there as a linebacker if you want to make it to the next level. You know, there are college players who struggle with this too. So, you know, this isn't like something that's super rare anyway. So I'd like to just see him use his hands more. Because I feel like he doesn't use it as well as he can, you know. Um, this actually reminded me the NFL draft was this last weekend, and there's a player I want to say maybe from Michigan. I want to say, um, but you know, he was a big time player. He was an edge rusher, and he did Krav Maga, and that's a Israeli kind of combat style. But you know, in his training, you know, he worked with a trainer who has trained with Aaron Donald and all that, and you know, his trainer uses rubber knives so that. You know, there's a little bit of a threat there. And so, really, he trains with rubber knives so that he could train um, his players how to use their hands right. How to have fast hands, you know. How to have good positioning and all that. How to be quick with that. How to, you know, react to somebody coming at you with their hands. And so, you know, I'm not saying take up Krav Maga and be a, you know, Krav Maga master. But I am saying there are ways to, you know develop your hands be a better hand fighter you know have quicker hands there so that's just something to look into that's all i'm going to say there other thing you know he could be a little bit more consistent tackling eh, there are times he doesn't take the best angles or uh doesn't have the best form that could be cleaned up um just be more consistent there be more disciplined that's all i really gotta say about that another thing uh he does look a little hesitant at times now don't take that as lazy or anything like that but there are times where it kind of looks like he's waiting for the play to develop which is good to have that patience anyways but you know i would like to see him do a little bit more film work so that he can be confident you know and jump the gun on some decisions right you know the faster you jump the gun on gun on some decisions you know the higher the chance that you may be able to you know get a tackle for loss turnover all good football things on the defensive side of the ball. And so, you know, that starts with building up your confidence by knowing what the offense is going to do, studying those patterns a little bit more. If you could become a little bit cerebral there, he could definitely take his play to the next level. Um, and then the last two things here. Number one, athleticism is not bad, but, you know, if you could either get faster or stronger, it doesn't matter. He just needs to get um, good at one of those things, if not both. That could help him be a little bit more impactful out there allow him to do a couple more things. I think he has a little bit more development and progression in him. So, you know, I'd like to see that pan out. And then last but not least, pass coverage wise, um, you know, he did force some incompletions, but I'd like to see him force some interceptions, force more turnovers. It's never a bad thing to force turnovers, you know, and then I think 
the thing if I was to do is film breakdown one more time as a senior, I'd really like to see coverage uh, of him just going one-on-one with tight ends, running backs, receivers, and smothering them, covering them. Because if he could be a good cover linebacker, man, that versatility, that's hard to come by. That's something that every defensive coach nowadays is looking for. If you could bring that, do it. You know, if you could develop into that, do it. So those are all things I like to see out of Braylon Jones. Like I said, he's a bit more of a raw type of prospect. There's some good things out there. You know, his athleticism, six foot, 205. Um, you know, good habits out there. Never say never attitude, good motor, tough hitter, physical football player. Those are all good things that, you know, any football coach wants. But you got to refine some of these things that I just talked about here to take your game to the next level. So best of luck to Braylon Jones. We will definitely be watching this upcoming season. You know, if he does take a big leap forward, he could easily be a D1 guy. But as of right now, I'd probably peg him as a D2, D3. Maybe even someone, actually probably somebody who might have to go to a Juco and continue to develop. Because I think, you know, he just might be a late bloomer type of guy. And that's not bad at all. If you a baller, you a baller. So, you know, you'll make your plays wherever and do all that. But I think just worth where he's at, he has a lot of potential, right? And he's blessed to have another year, you know, another off season to work on this stuff and get better and prove himself, continuously do that. And so looking forward to see that happen. Like I said, wish him the best of luck. So that'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner podcast. Thank you for rocking with us and showing us all the love in the world on social media, uh, specifically TikTok. I believe we hit 1500 followers the other day. So that's big time. Thank you so much for that. Um, speaking of TikTok and social media, go ahead and follow us, you know, show us some love. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Like I just said, we will be posting more on YouTube. So subscribe to our YouTube channel there. And, you know, if you are listening to us on any major streaming platform, go ahead and give us a good rating. We appreciate it. We really do. And you know what? If we get enough ratings, we're going to do a little uh, rating read. Uh, read some of the reviews out there because, you know, we do it for the fans. We do it for the players. Like I said, we really appreciate y'all for um, supporting us so far. So, yeah. So, thank you for rocking with us and we'll see you later. <laughs>